And hi, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being with us again today. My name is Diego Ochoa. I'm superintendent with the San Mateo Foster City School District. I'm really, really delighted. I've been looking forward to this podcast for weeks. As soon as I heard we were having it, um, this is a very special edition. We've got three of my colleagues here from the district, and we're going to be talking about something that I think just for us as a as a whole community is so important, and that is um, what roles our school libraries play in the lives of our children and what it means to to be adapting and to be growing as a group. And you're going to hear a little bit about the work we've been doing for the last year, um, but it can't really start until I let my colleagues introduce themselves, and they're going to do that themselves, and I'm going to start with... Hi, I'm Jo O'Brien. I am the IMC technician. Um, and IMC stands for? Instructional Materials Center. Instructional Materials Center. Yeah, so I uh, spend about 60% of my time helping teachers with their curriculum needs, making sure they have everything they need, science kits, extra workbooks for math and so on. You get lots of emails. Lots and lots of emails, <laughs> yeah. And then the other part of my time, I'm supporting the school librarians. So I help them with book purchases, um, collection development, training on destiny, mm-hmm. anything they need, really. You have a couple of school librarians here with you. Yeah. So this is your opportunity to say they're super easy to work with. They're just, ah, oh, they're just a delight. So, this, you know, feel free to, yeah, to embellish in any way you want. They are absolutely <laughs> the best. Yeah, it's the best group of people. Yeah, they really with. are wonderful. So we're going to get a chance to meet them with... Hello, I'm Barbara Sibley, and I am the librarian at Laurel Elementary. Yay! <laughs> Good to have you here. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks for being here. And I'm Jen Alfonso Ponzalan. I'm the librarian at Burrell and Bowditch. Yeah. And I love working in the middle school libraries. You know, I've been to the Burrell Library a bunch of times, and um, Bowditch not as many, a couple times, but the Burrell Library, it has almost like a... Um, it's beautiful, but it's also sort of like built into the school I don't know it has a um has a history to it right it does yeah it's if I feel like it's really the heart of the school it's at the center of a lot of different classrooms and pods the office so uh, people crisscross through the library all the time yeah for those uh, staff members who listen in if you haven't been to the Burrell uh, library it's interesting because the school has um well, I was just there earlier today, but it feels like there's four different levels on the school. You sort of, you enter on at the very, you know, the main office, and then you go up a flight of stairs to another level, then you go up a different one, and that's where the library is. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you go up to another one. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of, it's a terraced, is that a good way? It it's is, a terraced yeah. campus. Yeah. But it does feel like that library is right at the heart of that school. And then uh, you're uh, at Laurel Elementary, and that, that library um, you know, our elementary schools are different. The facilities aren't as big, so the library at Laurel isn't as big, but it is a beautiful space. Um, and I think for elementary school kids, it's the one part of campus that they know they're going to go in there and there's all this choice. There's all these, the book stacks and the rows and the books on display. Actually, both of you brought books with you today, and we are going to talk a little bit about those books Um but before we get to that point, we are going to talk about, Joe, the work that this group has been doing this year. This this group has been getting together for several months and going into the question of 
just really thinking about what we have in our library in terms of the kinds of books that kids can access and what we have available for kids to check out when they walk in. So just talk a little bit about what that group has been doing together as a big team um, this school year. Yeah, it's super exciting. I think this has been the most exciting year for me um, to do with the libraries. Uh, Since we had Nancy Bowie come along, Director of Equity and Inclusion, she kind of um, brought us all together and explained what, what our remit was, which was uh, to do with the strategic plan for five years to basically improve our library collections so that they are more culturally relevant and responsive. So we have split into different groups and um, Barbara and Jen will talk about the different groups that we've formed to make that happen. Because it starts as a big group, right? You, As you said, I think you said 24, 23, 24. We have, I think, 24 yeah. school librarians. Yes, and that's just a lot of people, you know, to be a part of a group. And I think there's a, an opportunity when there are that many perspectives. You really get a full picture when that many people are involved in the conversation. Yeah, I really feel like we've become more of a team this year. That's wonderful. Uh, we always have been a team, but it was very kind of loosely held together but with Nancy helping us out and directing getting meetings together and making time and creating space for that exactly so that's that's what that's what's happening yeah and you said earlier they're just the nicest people to work with I mean you couldn't have asked for a better group to be associated with yeah no I really couldn't (laughs) that's awesome um you said they're now the work has started to think about what books are available to us, and um, and now they're starting to work in maybe a little bit more focused or smaller groups. Talk a little bit about that work. Go ahead and, and give us a, a view into what that work has been like. Um, so all the librarians were asked if they wanted to help with um, curating collections for the different months because um, there's different you know cultural heritage months or inclusive. Um, themes that go along with the month. Um, so, you know, depending on the librarian's choice, she would, you know, um, do some research and, you know, cross-reference school library journals and professional journals and see what kinds of books would be good for, for example, read-alouds for K through one, two through third, second through third. So even thinking about how it might affect the classroom, right? Right, Yeah. Yeah, we want to be able to provide books in, you know, our school libraries, but also offer choices for teachers to also look at. Yeah, and this is probably a great month to think about Black History Month. And, you know, this is something that we've been going back decades with Black History Month. But then we have to look at our collections and say, how many books are really culturally relevant that speak to the history and the richness and the beauty of Black History Month, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and that work has been happening, and the and the librarians have been involved in that work. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we have been uh, running uh, different analyses and reports about how our school libraries are doing in terms of how diverse they are. Um, there are different strands that we could look at. For example, um, things like ethnicity, race, um, religion, uh, things of that nature. Um, and then going forward, when we're making purchases, we're also looking and making sure we're auditing with a diversity lens so that yeah. we are purposefully, you know, trying to be inclusive. And you have a book sitting right next to you there. One is called, I'm reading it, one is Pay It Forward and the other is, you said, one. 
Yes. Crazy summer. Yes. Um, tell, tell me about those books. Yeah. So for February, uh, the, all the middle school libraries are celebrating Black History Month and Kindness Week or Kindness Month. And uh, for Black History Month, all the middle school libraries have 10 copies each of One Crazy Summer by Rita Williams Garcia. It's a Newbery award-winning book, and it's a historical fiction about these three young girls who are growing up in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful book. Yeah. It's a wonderful book, yeah. yeah. They've, um, they've been raised by their dad mostly. Their mother kind of took off with no explanation. Yeah. But uh, the oldest girl, Delphine, who's 11, um, she is old enough now where the father thinks, okay, I think you girls are old enough to spend time with your mom. So he decides that they should spend the summer with their mom. So he sends them over to Oakland, California, yeah. which um, whenever I introduce this totally to appropriate students, for us, right? Like it's, yeah. it's 10 minutes away, guys. Yeah. yeah, I always like to tell them about that local connection for yeah. us uh, here, you know, in San Mateo and Foster City. Um, so they go to live with her for the summer and it's, um, a surprise to her. It's actually kind of an interruption to her life. <laughs> um, she sends them off to a summer camp, but they do come home with her at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, they learn a lot of different things about the camp, about their mom. And, um, it's just a very complex story. It's yeah. a story about family, but it's also a story about like the larger context, like what was happening in the world at that time in the U.S., and it's about civil rights. It's so. teaching. It is, yeah. It, it's a fiction book, but it's really teaching, right? Mm -hmm. And I think totally. in some ways it also, I think it just also affirms the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's it's a beautiful thing for a family to be able to go and and for a child to check this book out and have this book in their home and and learn from it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And That's the great wonderful. thing about this, too, is it's the first book in a series. So if the kids get hooked on the first book, there's That's three it. more They've got that three they more can coming read. Down. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you've got Pay It Forward, which then, yeah. you know, a lot of people know about that book, but you yeah. can give us a, a um, rundown on that one. Yeah. Um, actually, I haven't read this <laughs> book yet. Uh, my counterpart, yeah. though, Jeanette Martin at Abbott and Bayside, yes. she chose this one for us. I love that book. Um, so I'm sorry. I haven't read it's it. Okay, so I can't no. really speak to but it. Hey, but you have it. It's there for the kids. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a really wonderful story. I won't, I won't uh, give away the teasers on it, but I think it really speaks to us thinking about our audience, right? Because you, you know, you're pointing out a couple of books that, you know, I think middle schools, middle schoolers will eat these books up. They'll be mm -hmm. really excited to see that. But I see some books that are more elementary age at the end of the table here. Tell us about these books that you know. I really want to know about some of these books. Also, we wanted to do it's one, you know, one district, one theme. So that's different for us as librarians that we usually kind of choose our own books to read throughout the month. This month, we decided that for Black History Month, we wanted to all read the same books across all the schools. And also for Kindness Week, we wanted to read the same books throughout across all the schools. So some of the books that we have chosen for Black History Month, we really wanted to focus on a celebration of Black history, but really a celebration of, um, of people who have done a lot for our country, not just, um, you know, Martin Luther King, but what about some current Go beyond people? Yeah, the beyond. very popular. Exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's change the narrative a little bit and make it a celebration. And um, Natalie Delahunt, our assistant principal at Laurel, 
was really kind of the influence for me on that. She really wanted to make this a celebration, and I thought, aha, I really want to do that yeah. same thing. And so I went and we you know, forwarded that on to Nancy Bowie, and we found books anyway that we found books that yeah. would um, go along with that theme. So the one book I have here is called Change Sings, and it's by Amanda Gorman. Um, and I it's a gorgeous book. I don't, you can't see this if you're listening to the podcast, but it just has this beautiful mosaic and the color. I mean, it's a very beautiful book. And I'll read just um, inside here. It says, um, in this stirring, much anticipated picture book by presidential inaugural poet and active, activist Amanda Gorman, anything is possible when our voices join together. As a young girl leads a cast of characters on a musical journey, they learn that they have the power to make changes, big or small, in the world, in their communities, and most importantly, in themselves. Wow. So this one we would be reading to second and third grade. Wow. So wow. I think what that's a, what a What a message to kids about, about taking that leadership role, about taking, about up, you know, lifting up your voice the change that happens within, but also in your community. That's really powerful. Yeah. And then you've got Undefeated. Un the the undefeated. undefeated. And this is by Quain Alexander. And this one, excuse me, um, it says, This is the love letter to America, to black America, to the grit, passion, and perseverance of our greatest artists, athletes, and activists, to the dreamers, to the strength and bravery of bravery, sorry, of everyday people caught in the web of history with, with references to lyrics and lines originally shared by our most celebrated heroes. This poem digs into the not so distant past to the underline, the endurance and spirit of those surviving and thriving in the present. So this one is really, um, you're, it's a walk through, um, black America and it's, um, it'll show it's just beautiful pictures. Gorgeous. And it sh it'll show you some definitely historic um, characters. So we'd like we talk about each one as we go through. Um, and this it's really is one a of poem. Those, this is one of those books when if you see a child sit with this book, they'll hold it in their lap and they'll they'll look at the pictures for two three minutes and the whole the whole text on the page might only be twenty words or, right. or fifteen words, but. The pictures are so evocative. They tell the story so well. And I think, as you said, it really, it has those powerful images and it really takes a child or, or a reader through the history. Extremely powerful images. And this one we would be just reading with fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. And then um, the last one for Black History Month is M is for Melanin. And this one is ABCs of Black History. And um, so this is for... TK through first grade. And so it's a little simpler, but it's B is for very black. And it says, be in, uh, unapologetically, be bold, be fearless, be you. Love it. C is for creative. Paint the canvas of life with the colors of the rainbow. Sprinkle your black girl magic and black boy joy on the world. So it continues That's that way. That's so awesome. So I, we just think these are really great in celebrating um, black history. And, and, current. It, and it's part of this work that your group is doing together, right? These conversations, this, this thought process. And then as the superintendent, I wanted to enter this work with you all and invite you to this podcast because I think it's important for our families to hear that our school librarians and our school leaders and our school staff really want this work to move forward. And as the superintendent, I plan to really 
put the budget behind making this possible so it won't be something that leads to, you know, hey, let's try to raise as many funds as possible to see what we can do, but rather let's devote more funding to school libraries because um, I didn't mention this early in the podcast, but I have five children and four of them, <laughs> four of the five are the type to just, I could sit them down on a couch and they'll read for, you know, three, four hours at a time. I don't have to ask them. I don't have to. And then one of my children, I sit with her and we go over the whole book together and she has a lot of questions and she, she and I do it together. Right. Um, and so when I think about how they recall that day when they get to go to the library, that experience of like, there's an actual joy and an electricity of saying, we're going to the library today. My children don't want to miss school when it's their day to go to the library. They'll be disappointed if the librarian's not well and isn't at school that day. You know, that's it's one of those things where, um, especially in those kinder through fifth grade levels, it just, I think it's kind of magic. And we're invested in that magic. We're invested in the work that this group of educators is doing. I see the work happening. I'm proud of the work. Um, and I think it has us headed in the right direction. What do you all, what can you share with our families and with your coworkers? Because many of our listeners actually um, are, are members of our uh, employee community. Where is this headed? Where will we be at the end of this year? And what do you hope for us to, to be able to do next year? I'll start with you, Joe. Um, I think what we're heading towards is some great new books in the libraries a little bit more cohesion about uh, the books that we're purchasing. Of course, each site will still, each librarian will still get to choose their own books. But if we focus on those monthly cultural heritage themes and building the collections around more of those types of books, then we're going to find that the kids, when they come in, they're going to find books that, you know, reflect themselves sometimes more than they had been. And also, like, open so many doors and windows into worlds that they, you know, they don't know about. But, you know, maybe their friends are part of that community. So it's um, a really exciting time, I think, for the, yeah. the libraries and wow. the kids and all of us. So I think uh, that's this year. Next, um, towards the end of this year, we want to start doing inventories in our libraries. Yeah. Um, the Do the research. Yeah, the purpose of the inventories is just to, you know, scan every single book and um, find out what books are missing and then look at the collections, compare it to the, like the analysis and see what we need to buy for each individual library. Yeah. Um, so we're looking towards that. Lots to do. And how about uh, over at Laurel? What are you looking for? What's, what's down the road? Well, I'm excited about the fact that we are looking at the books, we're looking at with the fact that there is money to buy books. I yes. think that it's it's going to help it help us become more equitable. Um, make sure that the libraries are that one library is not lagging in the amount of books that they're getting because there's no budget for them. So hopefully that we will start to fill our libraries with 
more diverse books with books that the students can see themselves in uh, subject matters or it would have been hard 20 pictures. years ago right and there's really so hard. many wonderful books now and we yeah. just need to have the money to buy them and um, right. now that we are really focused i'm so excited about that because yeah. i love being an elementary school librarian mm. i love the kids just make my i'm day. jealous let's just you come to the district <laughs> office you be the superintendent for a couple of weeks you should I'll try it. okay we'll switch okay that let's sounds do good. it yeah. i'll be happy <laughs> i can They'll run say, this place <laughs> diego's really smiling a lot <laughs> i just love them. they come up to me and they're like yeah. i love you mrs sibley and i'm like yeah. oh this is why it, i do this job like it honestly, is very I, I magical it. in that and way and i love the kids at laurel I, my yeah. my kids came through laurel so i've got a connection to that school yeah. and uh Never really wanted to leave it, and then the job came up, and I just was like, "Yes, you jumped this is at what it. I want to do." Yeah. yeah. So tell us about Burrell and about it. You've got a lot on your plate there too. What do you <laughs> What do you see down the line? Oh well, I'm looking forward to adding a lot of more new titles to our collections and making sure that you know I'm targeting um, books that will help be windows and mirrors and sliding glass doors for all of our students, Um, not only with heritage and um, different abilities, but also, um, you know, like try to have not just print books, but branch out to also maybe audio books or, um, you know, different kinds of media where kids can still access reading, but maybe in a different way. So, you know, reaching those auditory learners is also important. And um, also having books not just in English, but in different world languages, because it's, languages. it's such a gift to yeah. be able to be multilingual. And we want to affirm all of our students' identities. So, you know, if we can find... If you want to know about multilingualism, go to Bowditch mm-hmm. Middle School. There are 30 languages represented at that school. It's beautiful. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah. And, and I want to go into that at library and see books in Portuguese. And I want to see books mm-hmm. in Korean and Japanese and Chinese. And I mean, be very powerful to see that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We want to definitely affirm our students' identities and increase their literacies in English and also other languages. That's right. Many, many miles to go and already started so much amazing work. I'm definitely proud of the work that has happened, and I think there's uh, there's a lot of really wonderful things ahead of us. And I want to thank you all for joining us today on the One SMFC podcast. <laughs>